like man first of all this guy is greedy he has a horrible you, personality do you think he's, oh i thought you said dreamy he was probably on indeed during that last game yeah if the manchester united hierarchy had any dignity sir antonio conte would be a co appointed coach midday tomorrow no cap yeah. Good evening, footy culture fam. My name is Matthews, aka Matt, aka Matosinho, aka man like Senor Unai Emery. It's four for Good five evening. in Europe League for five. Name the trophy after him at this point. And today, Good we're evening. coming at episode 36 of the Footy Culture Podcast. Once again, I'm joined today by Jay. Another day, another day. Canada is the best soccer nation in north america <laughs> okay yeah. big selection there yeah we got what's up guys what up last but not least we got man like james Jeez. no chris today couldn't make it but uh we'll make do so uh without further ado some of the stuff on the chopping block for tonight we got league uh la liga Coming to the final match, Europa League final, frenzy, penalties going crazy, <laughs> keepers taking them, <laughs> and we got some transfer rumors, and uh, potential managers leaving their clubs. Yeah, that's so true. Without further ado, start off with that Europa League final, Manchester United versus Villarreal. Good Dad, evening. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Mr. Good United evening. fan? These are fresh <laughs> thoughts, too. Fresh thoughts, fresh, fresh thoughts. Fresh out of the oven. Okay, initially going to the game, what do you think of the eleven? It was the best eleven we had right now in the moment. Like that's the that's the full team. The only person I would probably switch on is just Maguire because he's more games being played. He has more consistency with minutes, everything like that. He's more confident on the pitch. And then you have a Bayou coming in to, uh, to replace him with like maybe played like the last two games, but wasn't consistent being called forward. It was always been Lindelof and and Maguire back there. But besides that, the rest of the 11 players on the pitch were quality side. Again, you're going to have De Gea in there because De Gea was the, has now been um, pushed to the, uh, the, the, tro the championship games and like uh, tournament games since Henderson has really proven to, to be quality in the league. So now that we have uh, De Gea in there, like, I'm not going to say he's not a bad keeper, but his time is really going, is going down. Like His quality is not the same. He's not, he's sometimes he's shaky on the ball. He can't really distribute from the back. He can't play from the back. There's been moments Bro, in the game, crazy. been moments it's in the crazy. game. It's crazy. He would have been at Real Madrid if that uh, fax machine didn't malfunction, eh? Crazy. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, it's hard seeing him playing from the back. And there's been a couple of moments in the game when he was really shaky back there, just passing it along the back there, kicking it out like that. But besides that, yeah, the rest of 11, Cavani up top, first pick. You have Rash from the left again. And you have Gruner on the right. Gruner has been performing really well the past couple of games. You're going to have Bruno on the pitch. And then, again, McTominay and then Pogba in the midfield. So the way they the way they shaped up with Fred on the bench and, and Pogba back in the midfield with McTominay makes sense because Pogba is definitely more attacking-minded. And it's definitely going up against a team that's weaker, you would think, right? <laughs> yeah. So you want to obviously take advantage of those attacking options because it's not just going to be only counterattack football for Menu. It's going to be more possession-based football because, as you saw in the game, there's been moments when Villarreal was just defending 70% of that game. 
wasn't yeah, really creating most of possession. Wasn't game, really man. creating much. So it made sense for the top players to be there on the pitch. So I was happy with the lineup, and then going against the Villarreal side again, they had a good quality of players on the pitch too. As much as they made only seventh place in the league, they still have a good quality base of players. There's a reason why they came so far in the Europa League. They're probably focusing more on that than the league. That's why they dropped so low. But again, they had good competition in the league in the in the in the Europa League, and they really came this far, right? But again, always everyone's gonna say Manu's gonna be the the winner. Manu's gonna win. It's gonna be easy for Manu to win. But as we can see here in the what minute was it? Well, yeah, here in the 29th minute, Gerardo Moreno goal from a free kick, a mistake again. There was moments when I'm like, Pogba cannot play in the midfield anymore. He slows the game down way, way, way too much, holding the ball. He tries doing these little flare passes with like, I don't know, like just like these chipped little passes everywhere, losing the ball, too slow on the in the game. It just in order in order to attack against a team that's literally defending with 11 players on their half, you need to play, play quick football. Because when you're holding the ball, they start pressing, they start shape, creating their shape. They're able to just hold you back because they have nothing to do. All, as long as you can hold the ball in your own half, moving around so slowly as Pogba is doing, like, Villarreal have no, don't have to worry about anything. They're literally just holding their shape. They're just holding the limit players behind the ball. Pogba makes a mistake. I think that's what caused the foul. And then, again, free kick in by Dani uh, Parejo. And then Lindelof again. I think it was Gerardo Moreno who was on Shaw first, and he made a nice movement around a couple of players, gets right behind Lindelof. Lindelof felt him in behind and tried grabbing him a little bit, but again, it just dropped right to his feet perfectly into the net. Again, you're not too worried in this, in this situation because, again, you've seen so many times, man, you coming in behind and scoring two or three goals after that, especially in the yeah, second half, did. which they did. They scored, they scored that goal in the 55th minute. But again... Before the half ended, like you would think, maybe to get some subs in, hopefully trying to change the change up the little game a little bit because it is it was a little slow near the end of the half. At the beginning of the half, like you see everyone like going at it, going strong, going strong, but as, as that goal went through and then Pogba again still being really, really, really slow in the midfield, Rashford not creating any chances in the out wide. It was really only like a couple chances where Jer uh, Greenwood was was creating, taking players down and actually getting some crosses in, and Cavani too, like he wasn't. In his best positioning wise, I guess he wasn't really getting much service either. Support so guy wasn't really getting doing much work out there. hadn't had no shots in the first half, I think. But again, I can't blame the defense in this game, and I can't blame really the the, the attackers either because again, most of the game was played in Villarreal's side, more the possession based game, or trying to break the line kind of game. Or you've seen a couple well, of moments. Blame, then? But the only the, the only thing is the creativity from the middle. And that's the one player I kept blaming is Pogba, Pogba, Pogba. He's too slow on the ball. But when it comes to it, like he made no subs in the in the second half. He made no subs until the end of the game. The hundredth minute is when he first brought his first player in. And that's the player sad. and the player he takes out is Greenwood. And Greenwood I think he had one of the better games in the game. One of the better players in the game. And puts in Fred. I didn't, I didn't mind Fred going in at all, even to replace Pogba, because Fred, at least, he's led on his toes. He's creating chance. Like, he likes to push that ball forward really well. And he's really one of those players where he can hold back as a third center back, trying to keep that, like, just in case of any counterattack moving, in case of Villarreal really push through a, a mistake that Manu makes. Because, again, McTominay had one of the best halves, second halves of the game. He's probably Manu's best player of, of the entire game. Because, again, he's he is a defensive-minded player, but... When it goes to going forward, a guy like he can keep the ball pretty well and he can create chances. So bringing Fred into the middle holds holds that position a little bit well. So McTominay is a little bit more free of going forward, which was I definitely think is better than Pogba going forward in this game. 
Hopefully going forward again, I keep repeating myself, but just so, so, so poor. So I, we were seeing a little bit of chances there, that, but that's, that's already an extra time, extra time. Like you're making all these subs, like you expect to score in like the, in 20 minutes or so. Like at that point, Villarreal is really just defending the whole game. Defend, 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 get these balls out, get these balls out. And then he brings on another player, Daniel James in the 115th minute, finally for Pogba. But again, at that point, there's what, five, there's five minutes left in the game. You know what I mean? Keep Pogba in. At least he's a player who can for sure guarantee the penalty. Not saying none of the players miss, but again, like that's an extra player just to keep on the floor. If you're going to take off players to change the game, to impact the game, it needs to be at second half, right before the game ends in the 90th minute. Yep. But now we go to penalties. Like you still think, hmm, like man, you like hopefully these players really get the game, get to get it done before the fifth shooter or after the fifth shooter because after that, you're really depending on like Dan James to shoot now. You're waiting on Twan Zebra to shoot now. You're waiting for Lindelof to shoot now. And then finally, the hair to shoot, right? We had our best penalty takers again, taking the first five shots. And look at that. We did, we got them all in, but now it's Villarreal's turn. Villarreal going up against a keeper who hasn't saved a penalty in five years. A keeper who's really been shaky all season. Who wasn't confident. Who had a poor game. Not a poor game, but again, he didn't really look confident all game either. Like, sometimes you see the crosses going in from Parejo. It's like, shit, like, kind of get get out there, get out there, get out there, right? So, some of the decision-making when it comes to pens is really poor. Like, he had those chances where deciding wrong sides, wrong sides. Again, he had a couple of times where he kind of tapped his fingers, but... A lot of weak arms. Weak arms. And then finally, like, I can't complain because, like, man, man, used penalties were taken well, but, man, Villarreal, like, they know how to take their shots. Like, they were hitting everything. Bloody good penalties. Like, good, good shots. And then Ruli, as a keeper, like, he had two, three chances to, like, stop players from from going goal. Like, I think it was Shaw who he stopped, but, like, it popped right over his arm. Yeah, Another yeah. two players, he kind of tapped the tapped the ball with, but I gotta give it to Real man. Like for the quality of player and team they have, like they're a good side, but they deserve the win over Manu, definitely. Yeah, like Manu were just playing not to their level. Like they weren't creating any chance. They weren't looking scary at all. If Manu came out and won in pens, I still would say Manu did not deserve that game. Like to come out here and, and score in pens against Villarreal, like you like. You didn't expect that at all. Everyone's saying Manu's gonna win. Manu's gonna win 90th minute, like 90 minutes in. Like no one's not gonna watch your time. It's expected, right? Right. They're the favorites. But for Villarreal win to go into extra time and win in penalties, like that's well deserved for them because again they wanted to go out there. They were probably looking for the penalty option because again, as long as they kind of defend the whole game, they were lucky enough to get the first goal in. They were uh, definitely motivated then, and again, Manu just couldn't really get the second goal through, and that's all it is. That's all I can tell you, Jet. When it comes down to it, Ole has poor decision making when it comes to impacting the game. Imagine imagining a team who has a solid foundation defending in the Villarreal side. You're literally putting eleven players behind the ball. And 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 Man U just playing the exact same players for a full ninety minutes plus. Villarreal already has the t- entire team red. Like they already know what's gonna happen. They already have players locked down. They already know how to Rashford's gonna push on the right. Okay. And what's his name? Foyth had him covered. Same thing on the left side. Greener was being covered. Cavani didn't have many many chances back there with Albiol there. And again, it just there was nothing to really show, man. Ole really tried his best to go and put this best 11 side, making the perfect subs to really impact the game. None of that. None of that for you me. You kind of had a feeling, too, when De Gea stepped up that... I knew it. I couldn't this, see it. It might end here. Bro, I had a feeling like yeah. that. Like I knew he was going to do that. I had, no, I had that feeling midway through. This guy's going to sky it. This guy's going to miss. He's going to save it. He's going to save it. But no, man. Especially, especially as a second shot... 
like man Vieira were banging all their shots and we're like fuck like these guys are not gonna stop these shots are like going in like perfect they're perfectly hit Manu goes up next player fuck hopefully he scores hopefully he scores hopefully he scores and finally yeah the hair man he might as well have just pointed to where he's gonna shoot because just the way he ran up to it, his movement of the ball his shifting his weight like you know he's gonna go bottom right and really he was yeah. he had a couple great chances to stop uh, shots earlier but finally at the end that's it that's at it. the end of the day, you can't like put much blame on the goalie for taking the penalty, right? Yes. How often does that happen? Yes, with, I know. With goalies and penalties, you're either the hero or like you can't blame them, right? Because most of the time, the goalie will make the save. But I'll always put it on the keeper because a shot, a pe- penalty shouldn't really go that far into the tenth man, to the eleventh man, man. If you're a big game keeper, you can at least make it like more, not stop the penalties, but at least give it more like shit like these players coming up to the penalty spot like fuck they you want them to be scared of you and net you know what i mean yeah, to 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 tack on to that let me ask you guys a question during a shootout who do you guys think has more pressure on them the shooter or the keeper shooter all day shooter shooter all day I think the shooter shooter, shooter all day because yeah. it's 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 Cause it's they... on them the the you have literally 99 percent of the chance that ball's going in you literally got to get that ball on target that's all it is a keeper, yes, you have to decide if it's going to go middle, if it's going to go to the right, left side, up, down. You know what I mean? Keepers have so many more like percentages of, of saving as much lower than a, actually a player getting that ball into the net. Yeah. You know what I mean? From ten, from 12 yards out, a player you're not getting that ball on target is poor. A player not getting that ball into the net is, is poor as well. But you know what I mean? Like A goalie needs to really be sure of where he's going to go. You can see the, the hit when he was diving for these penalties. He was going halfway. He was standing in the middle. He was he was kind of just doing one of these. You didn't see him really going into those dives, making sure like I can reach the bottom corner in case it goes to the bottom corner. Really hit those dives like pretty well. Even for the Hayes penalty, I know it was soft, but he was able to reach onto the bottom corner. Luke Shaw's penalty, bottom corner, he reached it, but unlucky for him, it went over his arm, right? Yeah, but like I was saying, like for a goalie, like you're either the hero or you can't put the blame on them. So I feel yeah. like with a player, there's definitely more pressure, right? Because I think I saw a stat that says something like players score like at least like 75% of their penalties. And that's a really good uh, percentage percentage there, right? So it should be happening, right? Players yeah. are, should be scoring. Right? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't argue with that. But in the key, to argue for the keeper a bit, depending on the situation of the shootout, like if their team really needs them, at that point in the shootout, then I think there's a lot of pressure on them. Especially, like, yeah. for a keeper like Sillison in the 2014 World Cup, when Cruel didn't have a chance to come in for that second shootout, there's a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, because those are rare instances. Yeah, though. yeah, it's rare. That doesn't but, really happen often. But even this, rare, even but. this incident is rare. You don't see it. You never, you never really see it go down to the keeper to take a pen. But Ruli, when yeah, he, which is why I'm saying you can't put much blame on. But again, look at Ruli. Ruli, Ruli steps up. Ruli steps up. He's like, I'm scoring this fucking goal because like I'm taking this trophy home. The hair steps up. He's like, I'm probably gonna leave it in the season. Like I'm gonna go back to Spain. Like I might as well just whatever get rid of this, get over the game. You can, yeah, he didn't really take his shot with much man. Conviction. Like you know what I mean? Like he, anything, he passed it. that in. Like if you wanna fuck, just shoot that ball. <laughs> but man, end of the day. I don't know what needs to happen for this team to really be impactful and really not play to their opponent's level. They needed to be really scary out there. Like even they, they were able to do so well leading up to this against a Malan side that was informed at the time. 
everyone was saying, oh, they were doing well, but I know Milan had a couple of injuries at the time too, even destroying Roman in the in their games. Like it was an easier run for Man U because of the quality of the team they have, but Villarreal definitely had to fight for their for their for their way up here into the finals because their level is not the greatest compared to the some of the levels that we had to come across. You know what I mean? If Villarreal faced Milan or Villarreal faced Roma, would they have reached it this far? We don't know. True. So with that, would you say you're uh, Ole in or Ole out? There's two options. If you want to keep Ole in, you need to get the players that will make him happy and so you can actually sub players in because clearly he like, doesn't like to sub players in. If you're going to spend money on players like talented players like Van de Beek and then bring in youth players like Ahmad and not really play them, even just give them minutes, man. Like, just put them in there because you never know. Like, they might just impact the game so differently compared to the 11 players you have on the pitch, like today. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to have Ole in, then he, I feel like he really needs, like, two players that he can really trust and be on the bench in case he really needs those players to come on. Rotational like players. Get him a good quality center back. Get him a, a decent midfield, a center, city, a center defensive miss. So, McTominay, maybe if he does play next to the player, he can really push up a bit more. Again, I just still don't know what Pogba's position is in this in this in this team. Like, is he a left mid? Is he a center mid? Is he attacking mid? Is he a defensive mid? Like, as much as Pogba really is a good player, I feel like sometimes Ole doesn't really play him at his best position or best doesn't really make the best out of him. At the four, in my opinion, the four two three one does not favor Pogba. He's not a CDM. He's a box to box, more high high pressing midfielder. So. But that could work in a four-two-three-one. One of the players could be box to box. Another could be a deep, deep line playmaker. But he works better on a, in the three in the middle. I think, in my opinion, just like just like we, we you can say the same thing about Busquets when when uh, Coleman was playing a four-two-three-one in the beginning. You would expect him to play good there because his CDM he can hold back, and you can have a player like Pedri go be the box to box. But it didn't work out. They got they get gassed uh, faster. They're not the same. They don't know that the role bet like it's not the same role. Because you're more defensive, you have to cover more ground in the middle. Right when right when Pogba finally got pushed out a little bit wider, he showed instances, just very minor instances of him like actually forcing the play a little bit more. But he's not a defensive minded midfielder. He can't, he, you he's have not, to yeah. you have to have Fred in there and McTominay or or a Van der Beek or someone who who has that more high high work rates. While Pogba can just do his thing and create. That's what I think. What I got from the game as well is like Lindelof played really well. He was pressing high. Um, Shaw played well. Uh, even even uh, Bailly played really well for not having Maguire. You, we all know Maguire is like the captain and he just has the different like uh, role in the team now. Like he just pushes them all. Fernandez to me was a little quiet. More quiet than you. Disaster class, bro. He didn't do anything. He did nothing. And like, <laughs> I wanted to say it nicer, but yeah, he did nothing to be honest. I didn't even see much of him. I saw more from just Cavani, just workhorse. He was getting back so much, trying to create. Cavani was the like the bullet. He was of the match. trying to do everything back was, there. Every time Pogba lost the ball or someone lost the ball in the midfield, Cavani, you, Cavani was, was the first player to get that ball back or be the first person to yeah. be on top of that Him ball. Or so McTominay. McTominay had a masterclass that, game that's too. That's the thing too for 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 player like Pogba to creating a play is not the best because that guy same thing. He would just kind of just wait, make his little dogging run. He's always like jogging around with his like leaping run. It's like he just slows the game so poorly. Like Fernandez too. I understand Fernandez didn't do much, but again for him, he doesn't really. He's not. He's not the ones creating the play at this moment because at this point, for for Villarreal side playing so defensively, having 
11 players behind their net, in front of their net, sorry. The only player who can really start these, create chances or create a play is really Pogba or McTominay or even from this defense because at this point, you already have Cavani on their defense. You have Fred or Fred Fernandez already like kind of pushing into their, into their box as well because there's already eight players in front of them. You know what I mean? You can't expect Fernandez to drop all the way back on top of the defense to start creating something. It's hard, especially from a, an attacking midfielder position. I don't know. Fernandez is the best when it comes to t- counterattacks because like, when it comes to counterattack, yes, f- uh, McTominay, Fred, or the, one of the defenders will save, a, a deflect the pass or intercept the pass from the opposing team. First pass will be into Fernandez, and Fernandez is the first one to create passes into open space. But when it comes down to it, Fernandez cannot create chances when it comes down to a team who's literally parking the bus in front of them. Well, you, you want that from your best players, though. But you can't because you, you expect Fernandez to drop into the like as a defensive role to create chances you, if you're gonna do that then you, you might as well put another striker the only person that could create from somewhere is literally mctominay or pogba but pogba can't do anything mctominay have to play more defensive because pogba will has to like start creating a bit more he'd lose the ball he'd lose possession well that's the thing when you play a two in the middle they have to play more defensive or else you're gonna get countered but that's the same thing i understand why fernandez wasn't deemed was called really poorly this game because he couldn't really create much you know what I mean? He was lost in the in the in the, in the opposing team's defense or defensive position, and it came down to just Pogba or even the wide players to create chances. Because you would see Pogba, yes, he would uh, pass the ball out wide. It would be either Wan Bissaka or Shaw pushing down the wing, selling it down to uh, Rashford or uh, Greenwood, and they would look to cross the ball in. When it comes down to it, Fernandez doesn't have much role in that in those kind of plays. It's more of a with play. It's more like you're holding mids, creating chances, pushing out wide. When it comes down to it, Fernandez can't really create scenarios in, the, in in games like these because when it comes down to it, there's 11 players in front of you. It's hard to really break those lines unless you're pushing wide. You know what I mean? You can't play them in the middle. Uh, then yeah, I guess but... you would have to give creds to Emery because he played the system really well. He did. No, I'm not saying... I'm, I said, Villarreal you know, played a good game and they deserved the win because they know, knew how to come against the Manu side who plays you know Manu, counterattack football. Yeah, you know Manu played counterattack football. He played... The, the the best way against them, defend, park the bus. The yellow submarine, as they call them, they just parked the bus. And they just held the the 1-0 the as long as they could. They got the other goal. Uh, Man, you got the other goal. And they just held it. it was hard, It's hard to break the line like that when when you have the whole team back there in, in the Man U that's mostly known for counterattacks, for their pace on the width, the creation from Fernandez to, to play out wide and create from there. But... When the whole team is back, like it's hard to do so. Yeah, and you can yeah. even see even even the Man U goal. What it come? It wasn't a created play. It wasn't something. Oh it my was God. pretty lucky. Like it was a shot from outside the box, and Cavani, how much of a great striker he is, he was in the right place at the right time, staying staying on staying on on side and really being there when the team needed him. But again, you can't expect those chances to come out throughout the whole game. How many shots can you take out from outside the box and expect Cavani to get the rebound? You know what I mean? So Manu played, they didn't play, they didn't surprise me. With, like I knew Manu would have had a rough time this game. I knew Ole wasn't going to do much to change his lineup, which he didn't. It literally, 100th minute, first sub. And like you think, man, like let's change up our style of play a little bit because we have nothing going here. And that's it for me. Yeah, it was a great win for uh, Villarreal. Um, their first major European trophy ever. So shout out to them. To close that off, a cool stat I saw. Um... La Liga teams have played English teams 10 times since 2006. 
15 years. They won all of them. La Liga Dude. teams won all of those ties. So I just want to say quick that. on whether Ole should be in or out. If the Manchester United hierarchy had any dignity, Sir Antonio Conte would be a co- appointed coach midday tomorrow. No cap. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> End it there. Premier League. Okay. <laughs> Premier League talk. Some uh, crazy finishes in the Prem. Leicester uh, ended up losing their spot in the Champions League. So, uh, so Chelsea, sad to see, man. Liverpool, third and fourth, respectively. Mm-hmm. You know, City, of course, first. And then United, second. So, you know, four out of the big six in contention for uh, or in the Champions League spots. And uh, there's some uh, decent games over the weekend. Uh, Spurs and Leicester, 4-2. Crazy pretty game. crazy game. Yeah. Yeah, man. Gareth Bale comes out of nowhere. Gareth- yeah, comes out of nowhere, and then after the game, hops on a jet, heads back to Madrid, man. <laughs> literally, <laughs> L- literally, what? bro. Guy does not care, man. <laughs> he's he's done with football, man. He's just going for the ride now. And the golf. And <laughs> it's so crazy to me that like Liverpool were so like under the mat, like like kind of like hidden this season. Like they're like everyone's like, oh, they suck, they suck, they suck, but somehow they still made top four. Everyone forgot about. Them. I we'd like. How did like how do they make top four? Like they finished in third. That's what I'm saying. Like how do they, yeah, they like it's like what the hell is that? Like honestly, like two weeks ago we're like these guys are not making top four at all. These guys are not, are not gonna make yeah. it in European football this season. And like they somehow they just sneak their way all the way in through the top four. Shout out to yeah, uh they had, they had a good run of games. Yeah, shout out to Allison, saved their life. Like yeah, the last last three, four games really did impact their season really, really much. Like I did not think they're gonna make it this well. And like, oh, even Chelsea were fighting so hard to really make top four, and they had a great second half of the season. Like yeah. you really thought, like Chelsea for sure top four, but they even had they had to fight at the very end. Leicester too, yeah. like Leicester were kind of also like a little bit like quiet at first. They were definitely fighting for tops for second in the beginning of this in mid season. Then they started losing a couple games, but again they had to really fight for top four at the end of the season, and it just it just sucked for them, man. That's unfortunate. They couldn't make top four. I saw a stat. Le- Leicester had the most days, like the most cumulative days in top four out of anybody in the Premier League. They had more days in the top four than Man City. Really? Wow. And they weren't able to make it, man. And they and the last it. day. And the last day. So they, they they're in fifth. Is that Europa League or is that uh, Champions League? Europa League. Europa League, League right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's it's crazy. it's still international. I feel like they can definitely maybe try their heart and work their way into the, the Europa League title if they can push all the way through. And I do think at the end of the day, the four best Premier League teams qualified for the Champions yeah. League. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool That's too? Man. Yeah. Man, the fact that yeah. Liverpool did it without their two best centre-backs says a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah. And they had they a lot really of injuries throughout the season too, right? They really pulled it together, man. They're, they're pretty much like their most important player missed the holes season pretty much yeah and they still finish top three that's pretty gotta give pretty them their crazy. props right yeah yeah then, you're right play. another third team play. that finished the uh, third place matt we're not finished who finished third barcelona <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk a bit of a uh, rumors but it's okay it. we're going to spain yeah man uh disappointing barca finished third but uh you know i didn't expect much with uh coleman being the coach for this season. I had uh, Atleti, or no, I had Madrid finishing first in my prediction. So, you know, I'm not too uh, disappointed, but disappointed, not dis- not disappointed with my prediction, but disappointed with how just Barca are 
and how they let a average coach like Coleman join a team like Barcelona, a coach that nearly relegated Everton after spending hundreds of millions of euros. Who else could they have got though at that time? But don't say Pochettino. They could have. He lost. He couldn't win the league. Un. Tough. <laughs> Why would I want him at Barca? You got. Then you get to the final with Spurs. Bro. That was all luck. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, win. sometimes all you need is luck. So Matt, who's your ideal manager for Barca if it's not Coleman? As man, right now? it's tough to say because they missed out on their chance on getting Flick because he agreed a pre-agreement with uh, the the German national team. Did they ever really have a chance with Flick? Yeah, man, that guy's German through and through. I know. Yeah, man. Apparently there were talks about him uh, potentially joining the club. Laporta had talks with him, but again, him being like pure German, purebred, you know, Bayern yeah, fan, purebred, obviously bro. wants yeah. to represent his national team as the coach. That I guy, would, that yeah. guy wears later hose in a sleeve, man. Yeah. That guy's oh, never yeah, coming to Barca. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, missed out on the Nagelsmann, who would have been a, you know, pretty good signing. That I believe. Pretty young, good young, uh, young coach full of good ideas. Um, who else? Missed out on Tuchel, but uh, you know, he still might be a possibility depending on how uh, Chelsea do in their Champions League final match. Who knows? Um. See, the, the two main names being talked around Barca were uh, Xavi and Garcia Pimienta, the Barca B coach. But, like, mm. the talk with that is, like, is Xavi ready? Like, he was managing a team in Qatar. Is he ready to match yeah. European football at a giant like Barcelona? And then there's Garcia Pimienta. Is he ready to make the move up to a big club like Barcelona instead of coaching the young uh, youngsters at Barca B? Yeah, wasn't able to get them promoted to the Segunda Division, so... You know, there's talks about that, like, oh, is he, you know, qualified coach? So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's not looking bright for Barca right now. I don't know. So, Don, like so Don Coleman stays. So, answer his question. Uh, Who's your manager? Who's your I guest? don't know, man. Like, <laughs> is, is, your, uh, is Coleman stays? I think he will stay. There's <laughs> talks now about Laporta giving uh, Coleman, like, 15 days. For uh, Laporta to see if there's any managers he could sign within those 15 days, and if not, yeah. then uh, I think uh, Man, that's such a Coleman's horrible... gonna continue on. He put him on a two-week notice. Yeah. Also, the such... thing with sacking Coleman is like I think his uh like release clause, I guess, or like to sack him. I think it's like 13 million euros. Yeah. And Barca are you know pretty down bad financially, right? And I don't know if they want to spend that many euros to try to sack their coach, but yeah. I don't know, man. Like I'd like to see Xavi being appointed. You know, give him a chance. We saw the same thing happen with Pep. You know, he was managing Barca B in the fourth division of Spain. You know, look, yeah. look what he did. But then again, that's an anomaly in football. And who knows? But I'd like to see the chance being given. I mean... But then again, on, on the other side of the coin, this Messi's final few years at Barca. And you want the best coaches, right? But the best coaches aren't available. So it's a yeah. tough situation. The tricky one, yeah. Because, like, especially with what happened with Pirlo at Juventus. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, you know, a club legend comes in. You know what I mean? Doesn't really live up to the expectations, and it's kind of, yeah. it's tricky, right? Especially when you're messing with like a club legend taking over the club. Exactly. If you don't deliver those expectations, it's it's hard for, it's hard for the club, it's hard for the 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 manager, and it's hard for the fans too because it's like you don't want to slander a player that did so much good for your club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's true. So question man. here, like concerning the first of how the season started to how the season ended, you can tell a big drastic change into the club. The way they pl- they performed, the other numbers they were able to get. Do you think it's really changing the manager is gonna make a big difference if you have the same players on the on the roster? Or would it be 
Or would you rather have the same manager with maybe different players on the roster who can really fill in those spots that Coleman needed to really make it to the top? Well, Barca need a world-class manager. We can't keep appointing these nobodies, these mediocre no, club managers. Coleman, Coleman okay. did well, considering they had no really well, striker. Hold on. Well, third place as well. For a team like FC Barcelona? Come on, bro. Okay. Come on. Well? A team like they, Real Madrid didn't, didn't come in first they either. Got zero points against both Madrid teams. Drop points to Cadiz. Granada, look at their team. Athletes. Look at their team. What, look at their team. They had a 17-year-old playing 50-plus games for you. With a team coached by Andrea Pirlo? You're playing at, you're failing it. You have a look at your roster. You have no center backs. PK was injured most of the season. You had, uh, no, Umtiti wasn't even played a couple of games, but he's so poor. You have Minguesa, who came from Barca B. He's still trying to develop as a defender. What's, what's the other guy? Um, Langlet. You, you, I always tell you guys telling me that he's not the best either. You guys don't have, who's your right back? Sergino Des first season, and he starts to kind of get used to the team. Uh, Sergi Alba, he's probably the best defender of the whole league because he played a really good season. When it came down to it, De Jong was probably your best midfielder again because he's world class. Busquets played a good second half of the season because he, he changed formations really that really benefited him. Messi's Messi. Griezmann was invisible the first half of the season. Braithwaite, what's Braithwaite? Dembele. Exactly. Exactly, but why not get good players? Because Barca were managed by fools in Bartomeu before appointing. Man's like Braithwaite for 17 million euros, giving players such high wages that <laughs> mm -hmm. it makes them impossible for them to leave the club. Wait, hold, hold, on hold on a second. Hold on Did you say 17 million euros for Braithwaite? I believe so, yeah. Bro, I Look thought he up. came on a free. I don't oh, think so, bro. Yeah, they pay. They pay. It was either they paid 17 million euros or he makes like 17 mil a season, something like that. One of, one of those two. Dembele too. Like, yeah. do you do you think that I don't think Dembele has really reached what Barca really expected of him when he came to of the club? Of course not. He's been injured more times than he's played, pretty much. That's where he's more injuries than goals. But is that is that you're, is that the manager's fault? That's poor planning by the board. Yeah, you're kind of answering his point, though. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Coleman is not a world class manager. Okay, but a guy but, like Zidane. But, but look, look, look at Ole. Ole, Ole, when it came to the season, Ole, when it came to the season, wasn't the great manager either. What did Manju finish last season? Third, four, third, I think, or fourth? And look at this season. This is what second, third season in now. Third season in, and he's he's been able to reach him to the, to the second in the league. If he makes one or two more signings, they might reach first in the league. I know second you in the league, but zero trophies in three years, hundreds of millions spent. Okay, but again, what good is that? All teams all over the world are getting better. You can't always be the best. You know that. But when you're Barcelona, the standards are. Up to the roof, bro. Man, you can see you teams. You can see, see teams fifty years ago, twenty years ago, who were world class teams. Who's that team, Middlesbrough, who won the Champions League like back to back? Well, near, look where they now, third, fourth, fifth division. Oh, uh, I don't think Middlesbrough had a player like Lionel Andres, Coutinho, yes. and Messi on their team. Look how many years Barcelona has been up <laughs> top with Messi on their side. It doesn't matter. You can't. Be but, a but like I said, but like I said, but like I said, manager. it's not Messi's fault either. Messi's the greatest it's player the in the world. Fault. But like I, I said, it comes down to having the players goal. next to him who can make them, not make him better, but make the team better with him. It's not the manager's fault that well, you get just signing. Manager's how the team plays. He puts the tactics out on the field, bro. For most of the games, puts the players the out. But Barca were decent the first half, second half crumbled. Poor substitutions. It comes down to the management. Yeah, there's arguments for both sides. Um, it's yeah. like it's, it's hard, yeah, man. It's hard because like you you make signings, hundred thousand dollars signings with Coutinho. Did he even play one game this season? 
bro. They had a couple. Those those signings are all down to the board. Okay, uh, but again, yeah. but how is that Coleman's fault? That's my point. Coleman's is. fault. Yeah. Coleman has to work with what he, he had. The season. It's tough. Look what look at the he players. With what he had. Exactly, and and, and, and what did you expect of the what he what he had? You guys are so I poor. Any, I didn't expect them to win. Okay, well they got third place. They are in Champions League, which is poor. <laughs> but it's, with but with what they had, you're saying that you expected it. You didn't expect much. I know it's poor, but you didn't Barca expect hasn't much. Barca third place since I think 06, 07. It's true. Barca, Barca do warrant a world class manager. It's kind of like, like they owe they kind of do owe Messi a good Matt, manager. Kate, like those, uh, sorry, sorry, to interrupt quickly with like another comparison. World class manager is it Dan a world class manager to you? Hello, hello. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, yeah, I'd say he's a world class manager. Yes, because he was able to win three Champions League with he was able to win three Champions League with 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 uh, Real Madrid. But look at the team he had. Look at the team he had at the time. You know what I mean? Every single Very player good. in form. Every single player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at look at look at Zidane this season. Injuries all over the all over the team. Zero trophies, and he's and he's and you're saying that a world class manager should be able to do that with any with should be able to go into any team and, and win trophies with them. Well, Zidane has won trophies for Real Madrid. But I'm talking about this season. He's a world class manager. If you put a world class manager into a team like Barcelona, you expect Barcelona to win trophies now? Yeah. <laughs> no. If you think Zidane joined the team Barcelona tomorrow and had the exact same players that Coleman had Wouldn't this have. season, you think he'd win trophies? Yeah. <laughs> well, Coleman won I mean, Coleman won a Copa del Rey, but okay. what's that? that but, but you think you think you think Zidane's gonna go and make uh, Barcelona with this with the team that he has right now with the injuries that he's dealing with right now with Barca has and had all season? You think he would have won the league or won Champions League or anything like that? Well, with that's what, impossible to say. No, but with with what Coleman had to deal with, you think if a world class manager that you that you guys are saying like Zidane would have made that world class world uh, sorry that side of Barcelona made a made them a, a trophy winning team, a league winning team. Zidane was a world class manager. You can answer that. Who's a world class manager to you? World class manager Pep Klopp, Nagelsmann on the verge. And you think, and you think, and you think those players would have been able to do something with the Barca side this season? Man, if you look at the season this season, if you look at this this uh, La Liga this season, probably one of the worst seasons for all three top clubs. No, really well for Madrid. Horrible. What do you mean really well? Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid. They got so lucky at the end. Do you mean Atletico was like seventeen points up at one point? Yeah, they were should have won by more. But they deserved to win, didn't they? Not they won by two points. But did they deserve to win? Did they deserve to win? Well, we're saying it was a poor league. But did they deserve to win? I think. I don't think so. I think okay. You can't say they did not deserve to win. I don't think so. What? They they Why? played horrible the second well, half of the season. Clearly, they were losing. Okay, every but game. they were they they did they really well in the beginning of the season. And why did they play bad then? Because wait, wait, injuries wait, wait, wait. come. Wait, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. You made the exact opposite argument for why Man City had a better game than PSG when PSG had a better first half of that game, and then what? Man City had the better second half. You had the opposite argument. I don't get it. What are you talking about? You're talking about a game or the season? No, but like you said, all oh, first half, and then. Atletico, like with the better first half, that it could they still deserve the league. Did PSG deserve to win that game against Man City because they had a better first half? No. We're talking about one game or tw- or thirty two games in a season. What are you, I'm talking about? You say no, how just, just because the they started idea. off well doesn't mean that they deserve to win the whole league. Man, you can play, you can look, start off so well and then end off badly. Look at look at Barca. We've started off horribly and we still finished. And you third. didn't and you didn't finish well. We still finished third with with five points behind first. 
What if the team that was so almost if, 20 if the points, league if the league was so that, poor, that then poor, why that league could was it, poor exactly? And why didn't you guys win? Because we have a bad manager so and a, bad and a manager. team that was <laughs> and a team that wasn't it's poor. Bad manager. And the fact that we still finished third. Sorry. Ray Coleman as a manager. With what he was able to deal with this season in the first season at, at, at FC Barcelona, what did you expect? Okay, wait. Okay, so Champions League, where they finish? What do you mean? They got knocked out early. How they do in the Champions League? They got knocked out early. By who? I don't know. What they, they who did they get knocked out again? By PSG. 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 Yeah. What was the score in the first leg? Yes, but look at the look at the team you have on Against the pitch. Against PSG. Okay, but look at the, look at your formation you were playing. That wasn't your top formation. You guys literally got and better. Who did that come down you guys to the manager. You guys literally got better the, like the week after that game. But the manager puts that formation out and the team out. But again, that's like what his like fifteenth game, tenth game in the season. Buddy, you gotta have this figured out preseason. Okay, but you're playing Braithwaite up top, just saying. Barely. <laughs> okay, exactly. So what do you expect? <laughs> I don't expect... You had PK. You had PK awesome. playing that game. Or was it PK playing that game? Or Minguesu got ever ripped... Since, or Ming, or Minguesu got literally PK got destroyed on the left side. The Barca started losing. Man. Or managing. Yeah, why are they playing Time to go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll close it out. But um, uh, a club like Barca, a club like Messi... They do deserve a top manager. I kind of do compare it to those LeBron years. It's a different sport, obviously, but he had a lot of like terrible, yeah, like coaches, and that just really hurt his career. But on the flip side, uh, Barca's players let down the team and Coleman a lot this yeah, season. They did, for especially sure, especially in the big games. Like, <laughs> so what a is lot it? of Langlet mistakes, a lot of um, Araujo just errors. Like, <laughs> it comes errors, from both. <laughs> so what yeah, is it? Errors the manager can't control. So what is it? So right? Both sides. Both sides. Yeah. Errors from the Coleman as well. Horrible both. subs. You can't blame one or the other. You can't blame the team. Yeah, of course. You can't blame the players. You can't blame Coleman either because at the end of the day, he, he comes in, he has to work with what he has. He didn't pick any of those players to be there. He didn't tell the board to spend what 400 million pounds on or 40 million euros it, on. It's exactly he, it. But he picks the team. But exactly it. But like at that, that's my that's my argument. That's my that, argument. Right? You he can't. Picks the team, no, my though. my argument is that you can't not blame the coach for the the reason that they came in third this season. You cannot just literally say it's Coleman's fault. Period. It's not Coleman's fault. It's everyone's fault. But Matthew's saying that you, it's, it's Coleman's fault. It's a lot of. It's mostly Coleman's. But fault. But it's a lot of Coleman. You know what? It's a lot of Coleman. You could tell from that one game. I don't know, man. There was no. one crucial game that no. clearly showed no. me that Coleman no. doesn't know how no. to freaking make subs. No. Brings on Sergio Roberto. Then he puts him in the midfield, brings on another right back in Dest, and then subs out Sergio Roberto. That that one well, game there clearly showed to me this guy doesn't know how to how to make a lineup, how to make subs, and how to manage a world class team like Barcelona. Yeah, just on what Dave was saying, I can't remember what game exactly, but it was against one of the weaker teams in La Liga, where uh, I think Barcelona were up one 0 and they're trying to defend the lead, and they had four center backs playing throughout the defensive yeah. line. Yeah. Four center backs. Who makes that decision? That. Not the defenders. You can't. It's another another thing is playing playing players in their position, and another thing is playing them out of their position. Yeah, they're still professional players. They they'll, they'll do their best they can, but they don't they don't train or they don't perform in those positions for a reason because that's not their strong position. The manager puts those yeah. players in those positions to perform, and wants the best out of them. If the manager puts them in a horrible position, you're not gonna get the best out of your players. Even the even the yeah. game against Celta de Vigo, Barca were up one 0 Santi Mina scores a goal, 
Santamina goal was beautiful too, right? And then whose fault is it that Langley got a red card in the game? You know what I mean? Is that really the manager's fault that the man it's, player went out to get a red card and that Santimina ended up scoring a goal after like three minutes after that? No, no, not at all. That at all. if you guys would have won that game, you guys probably would have. I don't know. Hopefully, I thought they go. You know what I mean? It would have changed everything. It comes down yeah, to both what, everyone's fault, but I think it comes down more like sixty to forty percent um, Coleman's fault in my in my no. opinion. No, in my opinion. Yeah. As much as much as the league, you can say the week league was really poor. Like you can tell every single season, teams like Celta de Vigo, teams like Villarreal, teams like Atletico Bilbao, they'll come out and big beat big teams. Because these teams really fight till the end. Like these teams, you can yeah, see you see every single season. Should. But Barca couldn't beat the big teams or the small teams. Yeah. So what does that say? I don't know. On paper, yeah, someone, I go ahead. Sorry, Jay. Someone who did beat. Um, who was put in a position to succeed and did. The guy who won the champions, the league, Luis Cito Suarez, former Barca player. Man, what that just it had to be him though, eh? It had to You right? couldn't write it up. You couldn't write it up. This guy leaves and Barca again, last yeah, season. Like, if Suarez would have been him if out. Suarez would have still been on Barca, then the I think Barca probably would have won the league too. Because again, if Suarez oh, was, Suarez not on Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid don't really have a striker. Joao Felix is not a striker. That's minus 20 goals, bro. And there you go. You know what I mean? That really changed the league too. A player like Luis Suarez joining a, a side that didn't really have a striker who was able to fit into that team like perfectly. Like, you know what I mean? That literally won them the league. Uh, Luis Suarez won them the league. And yeah, that shows. Imagine Luis Suarez that's... on Barcelona this season if, if they didn't get rid of him. You think? I think Coleman could have done a lot more with Suarez on his side. A lot Coleman more. Didn't want him. <laughs> didn't want it yeah. but i'm just saying it's just it's crazy like one player really changes the league but Marco, yeah marcos Llorente man. too had a great season deserved it i think Llorente is my uh player of the season for player of the season Liga. unreal double digits and goals and assists incredible just, incredible going up and going down over the field too. yeah yeah and mm-hmm. that's gonna that, play right back for spain the last there fixture the last fixture was oh, crazy yeah. The both teams, both Madrids were down one nil at half, I think. And again, it was going back and forth. I think Atletico scored their tying goal, but Real Madrid were still up top because they had um head to head. And then I think Madrid, Atletico Madrid, had to win their game, right? Yeah, they had to win no matter what. They had to win no matter what. Yeah, yeah, because they were tied still, but then Madrid were losing, and then Madrid had a chance on goal, but it was offside. Man, like it was crazy. And Both then, Madrid and, teams were losing at one point. And then finally, Luis Suarez puts that ball into the net and that secured them, secured them the win. Mm-hmm. And it sucks too. The team they were facing by all the lead, like they got relegated too. So it sucks. Crazy how Barca sent them to a direct rival. Crazy. That's Versus a direct yeah, rival. Yeah. It's one thing if you don't see a player in your plans and you want to let him move on to have a different opportunity, but it's like you don't send him to a direct rival, a team that you know is going to be competing with you probably for the league. And you're going to send a player there with, like, a chip on his shoulder, like a reason to play, a reason to play hard. It's like, yeah. and it's for and nothing. For nothing. And like, for nothing, yeah. Was he? Anything. Yeah, like, well, he was sold, right? He wasn't uh, f- free? Like, say, what, five or six, six million? Six mil? Six million, I think, yeah. yeah. They goofed what so hard. What a bargain. They goofed so yeah. hard. They goofed hard, man. At that point, you might as well just keep him. I know. What's six million going to do? You know what I right? mean? It's like you keep him and you don't sign Braithwaite. Okay. 
You know what I mean? It's like I don't know, man. Even That's like insane. even have him on the bench if you don't want to start him. The thing is that he on. did have exactly. he did have he injuries. The bench role, no, but he did have he did have the injury situation where he did have leave the I think was he he left Barca with an injury, his knee injury or something did like he? that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, he had the surgery and that right. Yeah. So it, it was really a gamble. You know what I mean? I'm sure Barca didn't Couldn't expect, expect this. Either. I didn't expect him to blow up in that season. He didn't probably didn't think of it either because you can still by his reaction when he won the league like. It came down to really him being in shape and form and really being healthy. Yeah, and it's not the first time uh, Barca sent a striker to Atleti and they won the league. Same thing happened yeah, when Villa went to Atletico de Madrid. Man. They ended up winning the league that season. Yeah. They didn't learn the first time, huh? Nope. <laughs> crazy, crazy. But no, yeah, it was an entertaining crazy game. Crazy ending, man. Angel Correa scored that game too. But man, I th- a, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot's going to happen in the league. Already you can see at... Uh, Real Madrid already got rid of their manager. Zidane's leaving. So, yeah, bringing another manager in. We don't know who they're going to bring in. It's going to be really different. We'll see. I think, I think it might be Allegri. Allegri? Yeah. I think so. Or Conte. Nah, no. Conte's got to go United, bro. But Ole's going to, like, wow, he's not going to leave. Ole's not leaving. I don't think they will. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he'll stay. I think, I think he'll stay. League. But... Madrid, Atletico Madrid, I think they have a solid side for the next season. I'm not sure what they can really upgrade if they want to maybe get a second striker who can really be impactful in case they need to bring him off the bench. Joao Felix, I don't know. Keep him, sell him. It's really I think hard. His release cost is too high. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if uh, any teams want to pay that much. I've been seeing like, a lot of rumors like on Twitter just like talking about like teams trying to swap players. That That's, yeah. that's good too. That. I saw so that. Many. I, I don't, I don't know how reliable these rumors are, but I saw that one with Barca with Griezmann, and then I saw another one just like recently as well with uh, um, Dybala. Apparently, Dybala and Cash for uh, Felix. I doubt it. I don't think that would happen to be. I honest. don't know, man. But it doesn't seem like he came in with such a high seat, but he he doesn't really like he hasn't really been performing. Doesn't so fit the system. Season, how many goals did he have? Like six or seven goals. Yeah. I mean that and, like the system like the system doesn't really, work for him. You know, made for him. You know. Yeah. So it's like, but it's like at that point, it's like, wouldn't you rather try to cash in on him while he still has like kind of that? But who's that, gonna want to cash out that higher value? It's like, or it's like, what you're gonna keep him there for the next like five seasons? He's gonna score six goals a year, and then what? But who's gonna want to cash out for him? Yeah. But the thing the is, man, if, if you can potentially get a player that can fit the system better. It might just be worth it for you in the hey, in the, in the long run, right? You want if you want Griezmann back, rated. people rate him. Yeah, if you want yeah. Griezmann back, just swap him people with still us. Rate him, man. That's the thing. Do you want? Do you really want to make sure you get your money back for what you paid for a player, or do you want to get a player that you really like want to like really change your team? You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna lose fifty thousand dollars, but make sure that next season you're gonna get an impactful player who can make win you trophies. So. It, it all comes down to like what teams are really willing to offer and on trades like that. But even teams like Real Madrid, like who are they going to sign now? They had nothing this season. The fact that they were making it second uh, and second with all the injuries they were able to fight with. I'm not sure they're going to need a center back. I'm not sure they're going to need um, their team is aging. Another man. midfielder because their midfielders are getting really older now. Yeah, they got um, an aging core. It's going to be tough to replace them. Even even their even their wingers, right? Even getting a striker because you know even Benzema, if he gets injured, like Mariano, like really. Really, yeah, he's not. He's not cut out. Really, and then wingers too. Like you have uh, Vinny and uh, Jun- uh, Vinny and um, Rod- and Rodrigo, Rodrigo, Rodrigo. Sorry, Rodrigo. 
and Hazard too. Like you expect Hazard to be the the t- guy on the pitch doing everything, but again, like literally Wait, Hazard's going back to Chelsea, bro. Done yeah, nothing. I've seen no. talks about that. Yeah. Well, we we got no we got to definitely. You should go to Roma. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> How much would Hazard cost? I don't know. Out of Roma's price range, I don't I know. Probably more than Roma could spend, maybe. I don't know. For yeah. sure, for sure. But like, you'll have to see Back how the Euro, Mourinho. how the summer, uh, summer tournament ends with uh, all these big teams, and if they're willing to spend a lot of this money. I don't know. A lot of teams yeah. want to have the money to spend. That's the problem this summer. I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of rumors this summer, but I think it's going to end up being pretty quiet summer. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like you, that's what we think. We think we think like these teams have no money. Like they're all in debt. Like where do they get this money from? But somehow, I still feel like Madrid are going to go out and start buying players like nothing. Nah, I don't think so. Not after, uh, yeah. not after the stadium caught I, on fire. I still, I still feel like Madrid are gonna <laughs> yeah, go out and just buy like Mbappe for like 150 mil. Like I'm like, where does get this money from? Nah, they have no money now, man. You see the, you see the video one. today where their stadium got on fire. Yeah, that happened. Their brand yeah. new stadium. It was like a section, not, not the whole thing, like, but still, that's yeah, uh, that's a couple million dollars in uh, in damages. I saw yeah. a few months ago there was like penguins at the stadium. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Yeah, bro. I don't know what's going on in Madrid, bro. I don't know. They're holding they're holding a circus there for extra income. Nah, bro. They're freaking uh trying to trying to make the stadium uh, as cheap as possible with as cheap as materials and it's backfiring now. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of teams are gonna need the fans back next season, man. Huge. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. The, the fans really are what fuel the club, not just like Financially, supporting the players, but like financially, the fans really do fuel the club. At the end of the right. day, it's like unless you unless you're one of like few clubs that are backed by like these oil oil money guys that just dump hundreds of millions of pounds in their teams each season. Those are probably the only teams that this summer will probably be making a lot of signings. Like we're already seeing now, Conte out, right? And now like they have huge financial problems. You're seeing Leo, and again another another, another championship. Managers gone, financial problems. So who knows, man? A lot of teams have are, are struggling financially right now, and I think they they're gonna have to sell. Yep. And, and sell for and time. sell for cheaper too, right? Because uh, the the premium price that they cost, are, no one's gonna buy them for. Yeah, like that right? little bubble of price, I think is gonna kind of you know yeah, what? Yeah, I feel like right. I feel like I feel like we're not gonna see hundred million dollar players anymore. Even Mbappe and 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 I think they, they might go over for a lot, market. but like. Like the yeah, it's it's gonna go like so, the housing market. You know, housing market like everything's gonna go drop. Like everyone's yeah. price is gonna be like dropping again. It's gonna be they'll, crazy. They'll go for a lot. Holland and Mbappe will still go for a lot. Yeah, but I think the prices sure. are starting to. I don't like, think I don't think there's any way that either of them go for less than like 150 million. Yeah, for sure. If we're being completely honest, there's no way I, they go for less than that. Yeah, I don't think no one's breaching 200 anymore though. Maybe not anytime soon. No. You yeah, not anytime soon. It's gonna take these teams a few years to recover from that. Yeah, no, for you know sure. What I mean, like, for it's sure. gonna take them uh, these clubs a few years to recover to become financially stable again. And I think this is good too. Like, in a way, it's kind of good for these teams because, like, you know what? It makes them realize that you know, sometimes, like, we're just being stupid with our money. Yeah. Doesn't matter how big yeah. of a club we are. Like, we're we're spending recklessly. We're we're throwing out these wages at players just to get them to come to our club, and then they don't perform. They get they get complacent. They get lazy, and then you get yourself stuck in a hole. Right, a lot, of, a lot of teams you see this now. It's like how many teams, like teams like Juventus, teams like Barca, like they have like all these players just filling up the, high wages, filling, filling up their roster, and they're on massive wages, but they don't perform week in week out. So it's like, like think of it right now, Matt. How many players in that Barca team would you want to ship out? 
10 at least exactly and that's like that's that's messed up you know what i mean because it's like you shouldn't have you shouldn't be naming 10 players in your team that you, that you 100% want to ship out you know what i mean like that's a lot of players to just 100% want to ship out and not even be there like on some kind of like rotation or depth or it just goes to show that this is going to check i think a lot of teams spending and you're going to see a lot more players you know winding down their contracts moving on free transfers and stuff like that i think but and hopefully you can also see in another way as well like maybe teams start dipping into their academy players and seeing people uh potential in their Sally academy players and yeah. players maybe like Foden and like you know Pedri or like players like that young players who can perform start coming out you know and you start to see these these younger players perform and i think that's just the the way it should be now from now from now on yeah cuz you can yeah. even tell from teams like obviously teams like uh man city are like outliers like you can't compare them to any other clubs in the world. Like yeah, they're they're fortunate the to have a strong they they're fortunate to have a strong ridiculous. strong money. But even then, with the with the money they have, they know how to spend it wisely. As much in like they cases, like, well like, they, like they, they they spend their money, yes, but like buying players like Diaz, I think what do you go for? 60? 40? Something like that. But was like, he was like that. sixty I think he was like sixty four million. But the thing about City that I like as well is like they are not just they didn't they didn't just come in and just throw money at, at players and just bring them in. They did do that, but they also invested a lot of money in their academy. Yeah, their definitely. System and bringing up players. Definitely. Like I, even if you if you compare them to, let's say, PSG, it's like how many players like are that are in that PSG system that are like, impactful that came from their academy? I think you can name a lot more that left their academy for, for bigger and brighter things than ones that stayed. I think City, they did have a few players that left their academy early, but now I think the players want to stay at City because now you can kind of see that culture of them trusting the youth a little bit more. They're getting game time. They're getting experience. They'll get chances. That, they get chances. Liam Delap, remember the name. But yeah, even even like yeah. teams like Lille. Lille aren't a wealthy team. They were able to make it with the again the players that they had, the older players that you never expect to come out and really perform, beating teams like Didn't PSG. They get like two hundred mil from selling Gabriel and uh, Pepe. They, they had money, man. They put that, but they but spent, they spent it well, and they spent yeah. it on players who you think yeah. you would never really want to get. Like, look at Yilmaz. He came from the Turkish league. He's old. Like, why are you gonna buy this guy? But look, impact. I think he came on a free. But again, it's just like, it's making the right it's run. making the right choices to what to spend, how to really spend, and then even teams like in the in the Premier League too, like Man U, like they didn't like their biggest signing was Maguire, but against a center back, English center back, stupid swiftly spent. Bro, spent a lot of money too, man. Pogba. What do you with... mean, Van de Beek, Dan James? What, yeah. what are these signings? Bruno Fernandes. But again, like the players who really did impact the season are like academy players. Or again, a player like Cavani, who was expected like was a washed up player. You know what I mean? Greenwood stepped up. Rashford it was had an okay season, but again, academy players. You know what I mean? McTominay stepped a really good season. Shaw again, bought him a long time ago, but he stepped up this season. But it just it comes down to. Teams now having to spend their money wisely and know what, and yeah, that's all it is. Just know how to spend the right and try to like, yeah, see where else you can go from there. Yeah, Man City and Bayern Munich are the best run clubs in They're football. Very, yeah, very, very well run clubs, man. It's like efficiency, like their like their moves are calculated. Like they don't spend every single thing well, is calculated. I mean, I mean, City, City, I guess a little different, but I know Bayern, like they don't spend like a lot of money on. On players like it's crazy like you, you think a club like that like they, you think oh they're probably spending like 60 70 i think what their record signing i think was lucas hernandez yeah, yeah. that's not pretty sure 
Wow. Right? And that was just recently. Too. He's world class. He's world class. He just doesn't play that much, right? Which is weird. But I think you're going to see him now more. But a team that I really like the way they run too, man, Leicester. Mm-hmm. Bro, Leicester City, like, they, they had that one good run in the Prem when they won the league. But they cashed in, and they used that money to reinvest, like, so wise. Like, they sold off Danny Drinkwater, Mares, Conte. But they used that money, and now it's like, if you look at a lot of players they bought, they bought, like, they did like for Teal- Tealemans. Yeah. Tealemans, Fofana. Oyanku. Like, these players, they did, like, yeah. a very good job, like, scouting these players out and bringing them in. And it's like, you know, if they if they needed to be in a position to sell, like, they would probably be, be raking in a lot more money now. But it's like that one Premier League win, kind of set the foundation for them to kind of jump that level and be like a top six club like we were talking about the other week it's like that one win they they, they reinvested that money wisely and now it's like they're not forced to sell their players they, they don't need money right like they're a stable club now so it's it's crazy like being a well-run club these days i think is so underrated because like a lot of like the bigger clubs right now like they're not that well run and, and you kind of seen some of their flaws easily being exposed easily. a little bit right easily Tottenham, yeah example a Arsenal, Arsenal example B. Arsenal, yeah. Right? Barca. Barca. Inter, even though they won the league, Inter. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like they, sell everyone after, off now because they're in debt. First Scudetto in what, 10 years or 10 years, 11 years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like your your championship celebrations are cut like what, three days, <laughs> but they won the league like what yeah, last year? Can't go, guys. Like, we have no money. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. Like, they couldn't even pay their players like any kind of bonuses, like, had to take a pay cut. Bro, imagine winning the league and you think, oh, we won the league. This, this is amazing. Let's and, run it back. We're coming and saying, you know what? We're going to have to take a pay cut. The manager is leaving because he doesn't believe in the project anymore because they don't want to spend any money. They can't pay anyone. Bro, Lukaku's going to be gone. They're all going to be gone, bro. It's all, it's all money, man. It's crazy in this world. If I was an Inter fan, man, I'd be so cheesed right now, man. Yeah, One of my yeah, friends is an Inter exactly. fan. He's going off, man. But again, like they probably won't get the trophy until another 10 years. Yeah. And if and they, we were having some conversations about like this could continue. They're a great yeah. team. I thought they would continue their dominance after winning uh, their trophy but, this year, but I guess not. But then, along with Arsenal, Spurs, Barca, Inter, worst run clubs. Yeah, back to uh, fifth place. <laughs> Maybe man, who knows? Oh like, my gosh! With, with all those players, man, like man, Inter had some dark times in the last ten years, man. Yeah, I saw yeah. like a, I saw a tweet of a guy like he's like, oh, I guess we're going back to this. And there was a lineup. They had like Vidic, like he was coming fresh off of like his like what being thirty-seven at Man U. They had that Nokia. Yeah. They had uh, what, what's his name? Nagatomo. That's banter era Uh, the left back. What's his name again? Dodo at left back. Yeah. Field with Palacio and someone else up top, bro. It just Icardi. Jao Mario too. Yeah. Insane, bro. Holy banter. What happened to Joao Mario? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's playing in Russia. I'm actually, I think so too. With um, what's his, I forgot Locomotive. the name. Locomotive, yeah. Yeah, but we were talking about uh, Leo being a well-run club. They ended up winning League A. I hate How many years was it? Ten. Ten years, right? Since they had Hazard. Fourth uh, ever League One title. Mm-hmm. And man like Joe David, Canadian. <laughs> Love to see it, bro. Remember the Love name. Yeah, remember the name, bro. This is like literally so great for Canadian soccer, bro. We're in a golden generation, like for Canadian football. Like, yeah. OG, I, I want to speak about Davies and David. Like, it, it's honestly great for the kids because it's two 
completely different paths. Yeah. Like with Davies, that's probably the path you dream about realistically. Yeah. You play for your local academy and you get this dream move to Bayern Munich and you just win the Champions League. Crazy. But then with David, it's like, I remember David, I, I read a quote. He said, I never had any intention of playing in North America or MLS. I want to go to Europe. That's it. Mentality. So he went right to Belgium. Like he went from rep, like locally in Ottawa to Belgium. Big move. And yeah, 30 mil to Lille. A lot of money, man. Wins them the title in the last game. Goal plus assist. Yeah, he won the pen, right? They, they see like, something in him, man. That is kids. that is one thing I have something. to really argue about the Canadian uh, system with football and in compared to like other countries like England, France, Spain, anywhere else really with Pay to play, bro. No, it's not that. Yes, it's that in for in Canada, yes. 100%. But the oh, thing 100%. is that the only option that players in Canada and North America really have into succeeding in football to follow like the steps is either one if you're going to play football competitively, you start from playing rep, you go into the younger leagues, you and play you, offensively, and it's either from here. If you're seen at a young, young age as like a superstar, hopefully like you'll, you're really seen by really scouts from all over the world. You go to like tournaments when you're young around the world with your club team. Yes, you're lucky enough to get those moments. More now because football is developing more now in North America than it ever has before when we were playing. But before we would, where we, tra- we would only travel to the U.S. Like I used to, we would just travel into the U.S., and hopefully that we would get scouted from college teams, right? That's the only thing that we really look forward to in football. It's either we go high school, we're playing with our club, our high school team from there. To MLS. No, know. no, not to MLS. It's either you're going, you're done with football at after high school or you're going to college or university to play football. That's it. After yeah, high school, yeah. that's your route. If that's not your route, then you have money and you're going to go to... England for for um, tryouts, for tryouts. You're gonna go for Spain for yeah, tryouts. Gonna, West Ham, in West Ham and shit. Yeah. Or you get lucky enough to actually get just like slipped into a lower division team in the third, second, fourth divisions anywhere in the in the world. But you know what I mean? That's with other countries. Countries like that. Like if I'm playing in high school football, like at least I can go trap for a fifth division team where I think my level is comparable and maybe grow from there. Like players like Jamie Vardy. You know what I mean? Starting so young and really fighting for your position to really go up and start playing in the Premier League football. But here. You go into the into into college football. You're playing there for two, three, four years. After that, if you're lucky enough to get really get scattered from an MLS club, if you do, because again, look at the MLS draft, how that works. It's only one league. If you're really yeah, top yeah. level, they're gonna maybe sign you from a a college D one school. But how often does that happen? Where you actually go out and really become an all star player from a from a university level. You know I mean, yeah. even MLS football nowadays, they're signing players from all, all around the world now. They don't really care about drafting players from the ML, uh, from the university yeah. or college. Like, that's not the way football should be run. It's not Americanized sport. Soccer, football is a European sport, globalized sport where there has to be divisions. There has to be a fight where you why you would deserve to be better than someone else. Why I deserve to be on the starting lineup compared to this other guy that I'm fighting with. If my team wins a the division, then we get to promote to the second and then we keep growing from there, from there, from there. Like, that's football to me, soccer. You know what I mean? When it comes down to it, baseball, hockey, so- football, America, like like NFL football, like all that, that's just college-based sports. You're, it, it, you're either playing D1 and, you, and you're top of the league, you're top of your age group, you're top of your, your grade, and you make it to the to the higher leagues. And then that's where, like, all this money is spent. And you're able to enough to have big rosters, which are yes. But in football, look at your roster, 20 guys, 20-plus 20 guys. 
You know what I mean? That's a that's actually a really good thing to see. That just came to my mind. Like, yes, it the, the that that route of going to from high school to Division One in in college and all that stuff for fighting divisions like Division One, Two, Three, whatever UCL. I'll go to those high colleges. Works for 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 American uh, sports, right? Like NHL, NBA, because those are sports from America. So the 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 route to take the only routes. You, usually take is going to college to get into those professional teams but for football for soccer how is how is a player gonna go from a division one school in america and, and go in, and go play in, in europe, europe. <laughs> that it just it's such a huge what european huge team gap. is looking for u.s colleges and say oh that guy's really sick in and US even college. like if you think about it if you were if you were a player nowadays let's see we're one one of the highest prospect players in, in high school when we're thinking about going to division uh a school in the states, I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't even think that's a that's an option or a priority in my opinion. Why am I going to go to a Division One school, knowing that most players? When is the last time you heard of a player in Division One could be the best player in that that league, best player in the team, go to a team in Europe and perform? Never. I've never heard point, of that. At that point, you're 19, 20, 21. Like teams nowadays, 19, 16 still in high school these kids are still in high school playing ice first level first division football yeah i saw Europe. this i saw this thing recently today actually which is crazy how we're talking about this some guy on tiktok i i, I don't know why i was tiktok tiktok but i saw it on tiktok where this guy was talking about uh a player who i think recently signed for chelsea or i think it was chelsea he was a player from the D- division one in the states he got signed for Chelsea for like not even years, not even like a full contract, but he has he got signed for Chelsea for like a couple of days or something like that. I don't know all the the, the the plans, but he was saying like this this would be really good for American soccer because when's the last time you ever heard a Division One player getting signed for a team? Never. And I thought about it, I'm like I never heard of this actually. This is actually crazy. And he was saying how true, if yeah. this if this works out like this can actually show. Or have some proof that Division One is a good way route to follow, because you've never seen a player go from Division One in the in the states to a, a professional team. It just doesn't happen. Was, but, the thing is, like, why would European clubs want to gamble the fact on a player from North and the, America? And it also shows and, when it comes down to it, like the competition in, in university football. Like, no one really cares about soccer in the U.S. Like college football, university college football. You know what I mean? Like, where's all the money that is put into college sports? Football, hockey, and baseball. That's all, all the money. If anything, basketball. more football. Basketball, too. That's what I'm saying. But all these American sports have their system of how to play competitive. You can't, yeah, you can't, comes down. You can't get a player out of high school and start playing uh, baseball the next morning. You know what I mean? That's, that's football. That's soccer. You can get yeah. a 16-year-old and play first division football because the level of is, is not so different in the gap. Like yeah. a young kid in high school can really be impactful when it comes down to a 35 year old player. Like, yes, it's the experience that makes a big difference, but when it comes to quality and the talent and the just the drive for football and winning football, it's a big difference. Sports like football, American NFL, sports like basketball, sports like hockey, it does come down to size. And again, skill, it comes down to maturity, it comes down to just years of training and stuff like that. That's the big difference too. And like, that's one thing that this country is really fighting, and that's why you always see players like Canadian talent players just always coming from teams like Belgium, teams like yeah. Russia, teams like Norway, teams like you have to take all these really obscure countries because 
why not fly to these countries where the football isn't the greatest, but you're still play, you're still, you're playing, still playing in Europe, in Europe, where you have competition against other European teams in the same in the continent because there's a lot of competition around the whole continent. There's still a league fighting the battle where it comes to that first division, second division, third division. All these countries have this, so like, why not join go to a country where yes, the soccer is not the greatest, but at least there's still a fight. They're still like, hey, like I'm still gonna be better than you. I'm, I hope that I can become the best um, striker in Norway. And again, you see countries like Germany go players from Norway. You see Spain looking players from Norway, from other all these other countries. But you don't see them going to look for players in Canada or U.S. playing out of the college system. You know what I mean? That also, it's it's very hard to make it out of Canada. That's why what david and davies have done is so important Mm -hmm. for inspiring these young canadians because it shows them that there's a way and there could be two ways too that there is a way to make it out of canada somehow some way there's these two trailblazers that found a way this also comes down to like the lack of investment in football in like canada specifically and also how grassroots football is run down here right like grassroots football in you know Europe, South America, completely different than it is in Canada. Like players over there, they're they're playing to win, not to have fun, and that's that's, that's how it is. That's how it is here. They they don't keep score anymore. It's just okay, you scored the goal. Okay, let's go to the next player. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you you this team's up ten nil. Okay, takes ten players off the pitch so the other team can get an advantage for you. It's all got to be changed from the bottom up. Yeah, it has to be competitive because if you want the best, you had to play like the best. You know what I mean? I don't care if you're five years old. I don't care if you're six, seven, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever. But when it comes out to when you want to be the best in the world and you want to play high level football, you got to play like the best and literally fight for it. And it doesn't show it like when it comes down to like college sports and like stuff like that. But yeah, again, man. again, it comes down to it in, in, in college sports too. Like as much as it say like, yes, I might not be the wealthiest, but I want to go play soccer for the rest of my life. How can I not being coming from a wealthy family go and play outside a different country, like it's hard. At least if I, at least if I was already living in like countries like England, countries like where they had all these divisions to fight. If I wasn't wealthy, at least I'm living in the country. I don't have nothing to spend. I can live for my local club who's in fifth division. I can walk to my games. But it, it, living in Canada also, and not being wealthy, I have to find trips to go try out for these teams. Even playing for teams in the country, like I can't go to the college and pay hundred thousand dollars a year for schooling just to play soccer. You know what I mean? If I yeah. want to play soccer in college football, I have to somehow get a scholarship. Yes, I have to come down to my studies, but it also has come down to me moving, not having to move away from my family and play college football and have to actually work on my studies and play football at the same time. It's hard. Yeah, and the thing is, in like some countries in Europe, like they pay you to be in the academy. In Canada, you got to pay to be in the academy. Yep, 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 yep. And that shows a difference. This one kid exactly. it pays will pay thousands of dollars a year to play football, but he's probably the shittiest in the club. But he'll he'll still play because his dad pays for the jerseys every year. His dad plays for all the management of the, the I don't know, you know what I mean? He buys the kits, he buys the sponsorship of the team. So this kid's gonna get all the show. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're the probably the best player on the team, but you have you're not the, you're not coming from the same family and you're sitting on the bench all the time. Mm-hmm. It's hard, man. But uh, if anyone can show it, Jonathan David shows that, man. If you got the talents, you you can get you can get you can get the eyes on you. So, Lil sees something big in him. They spend a lot on it. Thirty million dollars is nothing. It's not pocket change. And hopefully, uh, his potential is uh as good as uh we think it is. And over over that, hopefully, we'll see, man. We'll see.
Good for Lil, though, man. Holy huge wins. Congrats Champions that, of France. Uh, before we end it off, we got to talk a little bit. I don't know, Bundesliga. Let's talk about James. How did your season end, the Bundesliga season? You guys are now back in, oh, cha- you're, you're in Champions League, comfortably game was kind of happy. Chill, bro. Got to see, uh, got to see Renier finally get some action, bro. <laughs> for, the, for the first time all season, got to get played some decent. players. Um, yeah, he played pretty well. I think you know what I mean. Like sometimes you just need to be given the opportunity. But I think it was, it was always going to be tough for him to get an opportunity when 100%. This, the position, the position they got themselves in, they needed to get as many points as they can. And, and it's tough to take risks by by subbing players, especially in attacking position, right? Mm-hmm. You need to score goals, right? But it was good to see him. He played well. And uh, I think I saw you said he wants to stay. He wants to stay next year, really? which was yeah. Au contraire to who? Rainer. Rainier said he Rainier, wants to stay sorry. next season to to play under the new coach to try. Which is good to see, man. Like he's he's um he's not giving up, right? It's good to see in players. Like sometimes you know, something doesn't go well for a player on the first the first try. They might just you know quit, try something else. But it's good to show that he wants to be persistent and try to. He wants to fight. Yeah, at a high level, right? You know, he didn't get along well. I, I don't think he didn't really have like a, a proper position under Favre. Like I don't think a lot of the players did, like because that system that Favre had was so specific to the to to the players that he had last season that worked well. That once those players weren't there anymore, it, it was hard to find positions for some of these players. So it was always tough for a lot of these players to adjust. And then under Terzic, he, he just didn't really get that much time. It's like when Terzic came in, it was crunch time. Like he wasn't here to develop players; he was here to to win, to, to get them into top four, right? So, but it was good to see him get a game, and, and uh, it was a pretty it was pretty emotional game for a lot of the players because a lot of retirements, a lot of uh, last games for a lot of the players in that game. You had Pishek, last game after 11 years at the club, and you had both Bender brothers on Leverkusen playing their last games. Yep. And then also the ref. It was his last... Uh, Last it was his last official uh, game. Yeah, you saw Holland swap jerseys with him. That's so goofy. That's man. so banter. Imagine a Juve player did that with a ref. Oh, man. yeah. Bundesliga banter league, eh? Oh, <laughs> bro, bro, you see Berkey let, let, uh, let Lars Bender score the pen? You guys see that? That's yeah, yeah, game. that's hilarious, man. <laughs> that was good, bro. Good for Berkey, man. A lot but of players, yeah. man. Even for Bayern, a lot of players leaving, too. Boateng yeah, leaving. Uh, Alba, Alba leaving and even uh, Martinez. Martinez. We'll see where they go next like season. A lot of those players that sometimes, like you, like when you first started following the Bundesliga, because like I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but like before, oh like, yeah, 2011, 2012, like probably not a lot of people in Canada like probably didn't even follow the Bundesliga. So it's one of those things like when you first started following the Bundesliga, first started started seeing teams like Dortmund or Bayern playing more regularly. So these are the players that you saw week in week out, like kind yeah. of players that you associate with, especially the ball time players like. Boateng, players like Alaba, players like Javi Martinez, you know what I mean? The Bender brothers, like, you know what I mean? Like, these players, like, are, are kind of been, like, a staple for these teams for the last decade, right? And now it's like that, that decade's kind of coming to an end. Like, it's pretty pretty crazy to think about. That. It's, it's sad. Been, like, been that long, you it's know? sad, man. We've seen a lot, we've seen a lot of players retire since watching football, man. A lot of talented footballers. Well, even, but, even, yeah. even Aguero leaving now, Man City, so, like, when you Aguero think of Aguero, well, like, you think of Man City. Like that's just that's where his legacy you think was of born. Actual, bro. Yeah, exactly right. So, Facts. Factual. man, we're we're seeing the end of a decade, but we're also seeing the beginning of a decade, right? Yeah, a lot, lot of great of, players of... coming out: Foden, Haaland, Mbappe. You got a lot uh, of legends in the making, you know? Yeah, man. Pedri, Pedri. 
Lautaro. <laughs> Ew. Why did I even say one, that? One of these is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we have we have to touch on uh, an incredible finish in Serie A. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. Man, Where, Napoli uh, sold so hard. They did. They did, bro. I, I wanted a Juve in Europa. Like, <laughs> you kind of felt like Napoli was the sure one. To get that W. No. He's, you wa- I know. They were playing the worst team out of the lot. Yeah, but, yeah, Hellas but it's Napoli, on man. Hellas Verona are... On paper, I, I think you definitely thought Milan was going to struggle a little more. Yeah. Yeah, Loki. But, man, it's but Napoli, yeah, man. Milan came out with a W via two penalties. Yeah, man. Um, Milan and their penalties this season, man. I don't know. But, hey, it was emotional at the end. Kessie, Kessie came through. He did. He came true. True. Juve, they did their thing against Bologna 4-1. Bro, I saw you, Juve fans celebrating so hard that they made a uh, Champions League, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Couldn't be me. No, <laughs> no Ronaldo in the last oh, yeah. game, too. No Ronaldo. Yeah. Honestly, they Big played dude. a lot better without him. A lot better. You think that's like a PR move? Like, uh, for him not, not playing that game? But yes like, and no. Goal? Like, that he's going to leave? I guess, like... um. Or that if it he, shows yeah. they play better without him, so it's not it's he, not that good for him. They smashed them without him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Morata really had a good game. Yeah, at the end Ooh. of the day, it's Bologna though. But you seen yeah. them struggle against small smaller teams. Yeah. I don't know. I think I feel if Ronaldo was in there, he would score a hat trick anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Because the thing is, imagine he he played that game, but and they didn't go didn't through. Win. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. narrative on that Ronaldo couldn't do it. But again, so, but this also oh. shows. But this also shows why have such a player that you're spending so much money for more on money on like why wouldn't if you can have the players on your team to do the exact same work for you, if not more. Shameful. Yeah, right? true. You can say so. Just because the name all oh, Juventus and Ronaldo, yeah, I'll sell you something. But like, is it worth it at the end of the day? Like, how do you not start your biggest player in one of the most important games of your season? It doesn't make sense. No, there's <laughs> definitely PR seven coming in once again. No, I, there's yeah, definitely I, something behind that. I mean, you can clearly see if it, that, that's either like Jordan a, Mendes, bro. That's what that's what's behind. No, I, I, I didn't think of it that way. That that's kind of that smart. is a good yeah. way of thinking. Like but if I, they lost, yeah. he's done. Exactly. I think I think he just that just means that he has one foot out the door. Maybe. You know what yeah, I mean? Like that's that's clearly sure. showing that you know. But it, it might Napoli, be Napoli, Napoli, Napoli. They were up one nil, no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up one nil, and then they tie the game one one at the end. Yeah. Goal by uh, Amir Rah- 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 Rahmani. Yeah, Rahmani, yeah. Rahmani, yeah. and then uh, Faraoni scored. Yeah, and then just following that, like so much drama, like Gattuso out, Conte literally, out. literally, Donnarumma yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. All in the well, last Gattuso couple got, days. Gattuso's already got Gattuso already got a job. So. Like, I Gattuso know. got yeah. dropped like an hour but, later. But instantly, Wait. instantly he, to Fiorentina. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah. No thought behind it. Bro. They might have. Yeah, they must quick, man. They must have bro, had yeah, something, yeah, sure man. That bag, bro. They must have had something yeah, planned. Like they were now, bro. He was probably on Indeed during that last game. Yeah. He's a I don't know what it is, but managers managers are jumping around fast. Like they're not on the market for so long. They're literally just up for grabs so quickly, and any team will grab managers nowadays because it's so like scarce finding a really decent manager nowadays. Yeah, like like I don't know, like off the top of your head, like you can't really think of like right now, like any any managers like right now that are looking for a job. Yeah, (laughs) other than the ones that like just like just left their clubs, like you can't really think on the top of your head like of any like. 
good managers that like are, are just kind of free and it's just kind of chilling around. You know what yeah. I mean? There's not many. Like like Mourinho's already been signed. Like Allegri's the only one. one. Just, just Allegri. Just Allegri, but he's he's probably Madrid, Madrid bound. Zidane's probably gonna end up being uh, Juventus bound. Nah, Zidane's taking a break, bro, and then coming back uh, to coach France in the World Cup. You think, oh, hey, bro? Hey, hey. That would nah, be a good story. Telling y'all, bro. That would be a good story. That would not happen. The World Cup's next year. They're not gonna switch a manager that fast. Unless yeah, they, they unless they do won. poorly in this Euros. I, I wish they know. don't. Wish they won't. That, you never know. That's the only way. Yeah. That's so the who, only way. So who do you think is going to be managing Juventus next season? Zidane. Zidane. I was saying Zidane. Zidane. Yeah, Zidane I feel like Zidane leaving is like a good way of good like a. Uh, For Juve. I feel like it was I kind think, of planned think, or something. I think if they bring in Zidane, I think Ronaldo stays. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but that makes a big think, change because Zidane is going to want to win it and they need to big make some signings. Which they have to Bro, do anyways. This, I think also Zidane has that pull because he was all these guys. He does have the pull too. Yeah. yeah. That that's Bro. definitely the pull, man. That's the last pull Plus, you need. It's you have a big club, Ronaldo, big player, and big coach. That's a yeah. huge pull. Those are three big pulls yeah. right there. Like all these kids, all, all these kids dreamed of being Zidane growing up. He gives you a call. I want you on my team. Yeah, on my say, new no, team, Juventus. Juventus need to strengthen in midfield, bro. Imagine Zidane rings you up and you're a mid, bro. And you're obviously saying yes. It's mid, it's Zidane too, a world-class midfielder. Like, yeah, you know? That's facts. I can see that happening. Yeah. I could. I could. I really could. Where's uh, where's Conte headed then? Napoli. Conte from Madrid. Madrid? Madrid, really? Then where's, where's Allegri going, Juventus? No. Tottenham? Well, Na- no. Napoli needs a coach too, no? Maybe. I, I think, maybe. I, Napoli I needs think, a coach. I think Allegri's pinned for either Madrid or Juventus. Bro. He's the biggest fish in the pond, bro. He's going to yeah. go to one of those big teams, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, supposedly, he's, he's a winner too. Supposedly yeah, Con- there's no way he doesn't go to either of those teams. Yeah. Supposedly Conte's, uh, Conte's contract says uh, he can't go to any uh, City A clubs. He doesn't oh, have really a contract is. anymore. He's done. He like, well, no, one of his... Um, Release release clause or or something says he can't go. Maybe a legal document. He yeah. says he can't go to any of uh, any city clubs. That's why I heard. I, I can I can see Conte either back in the prem. I can see Conte back in the prem. If I'm keeping it like a for who? Stack. Arsenal replacing Arteta. Nah, he's I staying. At, no, I could I could see him at Spurs. Yeah. Because Spurs Conte's need a, a Spurs need Conte, a... Conte is just a league guy, bro. Like he he can't win in Europe. Spurs don't have to worry about playing in Europe because they're, they're not in Europe. So they can, he he rebuilds teams. He does like rebuild said, teams. Like I said, United even would be United. shameful not to sign Conte tomorrow afternoon, bro. Yeah. Even United, but, yeah. I could see like low-key, but I, I saw some rumors twirl, uh, swirling around Twitter too that apparently Pochettino could be on his way out of PSG. Why? Jeez, already? Because apparently, apparently uh, well, man, think about it. You spend all that money, you, don't even, you, 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 you win what? The Coupe de France? <laughs> but what money did he spend? No, what money no, did he spend? No Liga, no Champions League. Bro, for a club like that, bro, you were talking about how disgraceful it is to be Barcelona. Okay, he came in halfway he through the season. season. Okay, but man, he has Barcelona. Doesn't matter, bro. <laughs> Thank, you, bro. Yeah, Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Thank you. Bro, like, if you look at the market value of their team versus every other team in that league, bro, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing, bro. They're like, a poorly run be- team. Bro, one of their their best their best player was injured uh, most of the season. Who Mbappe played Neymar. all season, bro. 
<laughs> Come on, bro. Neymar was injured. No, yeah, the first team, the first team is not well run, but uh, I do think the club is well run, but not the first team. The first yeah. team is horribly the, the run. The brand is well run. Yeah, the brand. Yeah. Is, bro, I saw. Speaking of brand, bro, I saw they opened up a store in LA, a PSG store in LA. Yeah. But I don't know. The, the rumor I saw apparently, like he's he doesn't have a good relationship with the sporting director. What's his name? Leonardo. Yeah. So I, really I would bad. imagine maybe it has something to do with like um, signings. Maybe yeah, he wants. Yeah. Maybe he wants Kane there, and the guy's like, no. He probably wants. <laughs> he definitely wants Kane. Players, right? Kane and Son reunion, bro. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, you... but uh, Matthew. Matthew touched on it for a sec. Um, what's you guys' thoughts on Donnarumma just forcing his way out? And is he off to Juve? He's yeah. definitely out, and it's all Raiola, right? I can see. I can see Juve. Well, yeah, he's out. I can see Juve easily because again, Buffon's out. Chesney is getting older. Why not get a player who's gonna be, I guess, younger to really learn from Ches? I guess a little bit. Maybe start the leagues. Maybe Ches plays Champions League games. I don't know something like that. I don't know I, if he'd I, be a backup keeper, man. Yeah, like, he's not going to be a backup, bro. But yeah. if you get them in a room and then you get if rid of Chesney. coming in, Chesney's gone. Why not get rid of Chesney? Yeah, get rid of, yeah. get rid of Chesney. Send him to Dortmund. But it's not like Chesney's been bad. He hasn't. That's why. Chesney, bro. But, again, it's not that because he's bad. It's just because Donnarumma is Donnarumma, the next best Italian keeper. Like, you have to have that in the roster. <laughs> does, any, does anybody think Milan is upgrading the keeper? Low key, I, a lot of. Or, I have a lot of. Or, Mil- just, or just me, bro. I have a lot of Milan fans. A lot of Milan fans think, "Oh, why are we getting rid of Donnarumma?" Like, man, first of all, this guy is greedy. He has a horrible you, personality. Did you say he's? Oh, I thought you said dreamy. Greedy. <laughs> Yo, you met he, him before, bro. He comes with. He comes with a. a comes with a, a lot of baggage. He comes with baggage. His right. brother there. His brother comes, too. Yeah, he, he, he like, comes with a brother that you gotta pay. <laughs> you gotta pay for his stuff. And that contract was a finesse, bro. The one manager, bro, that you probably don't want to. Raiola, exactly. Yeah. It's all about money. A lot of Milan fans, a lot of Milan fans have uh, already like, they're done with Donnarumma, and they're like, yeah, Manyan. Yeah, like, like a lot of Milan fans. I, I have Milan Donnarumma fans is... who 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 aren't done with him. They're they're saying, why is he leaving? That's so stupid. He's the because best goalie. I think right, right now he's a snake. For keeping for keeping yeah. it a stack, bro. What has Donnarumma really done? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying too. Like, what's Donnarumma's, he really done? Bro, Donnarumma typed up because, bro, they started they started playing him at like 16. Yeah. <laughs> if this was his first season, bro, nobody, story would, was nobody would care, bro. Nobody would care. He came in at 16, bro, and then everybody was starting hyping him up. Oh, he's the next big thing because he started playing in that at 16 because he was six foot five at 16. Yeah. <laughs> you know bro, what I mean? Thing... Like, I don't know, bro. I think I think they're doing great business here, bro. I think so yeah, too. Milan Milan won't lose with... anything from taking care of him easily. Nothing the thing with Donnarumma. With Dominic Donnarumma, his his uh his wages are super high, and like that's why bringing, exactly. bringing in Mike Magnan, like he's his he's, wages are like terribly low compared to his. Yeah, no, for and sure. he's a good and he's an and amazing keeper. Balance for the club, it's, bro. I think Donnarumma wanted what like ten or or twelve million euros a season. Yeah, bro, yeah, that's, like KD, like that. that's like KDB money. And then for like another gold. ten mil for Raiola, bro. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. It shows, and you got to pay his brother too. <laughs> It shows where his head's at. Like, this is a kid that grew up a Milanista, came up through the ranks of the academy, has worn the armband at 21, and he's yeah. ready to leave. And what he, he has Champions League football, dude. Do it's Raiola. It, it's Raiola in his head, for sure. A hundred percent. At the end of the day, bro, if you're the player, you're the one who's going to make the decision yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. If you want to fire, your, if you want to fire your agent, you can fire your agent. 
at the end of the day, like your agent obviously has a big influence over you. Yeah. And I, I, I understand like why Milan fans are mad because like that's it's scum, bro. Like like you said, Jay, bro, you cut the grass, bro, and you saw the stakes come out. You know what I mean? Like like a player that it's literally like that's like your blood, bro. You know what I mean? Like especially in like in Italy where like you know what I mean? Like the club that you're you're raised with and the club that you support and especially if you start playing for that club like imagine that's, like, that's a dream come true heart, think of think of all like the italian legends that like were one club players you know players like maldini to an extent like uh del piero um totti you know I think see. about these players that they came up through these youth academies and they had these great careers with one club and like how idolized they were it's like you have the opportunity to do that for your club you finally qualify for champions league with them i know and instead of just you know sticking with it you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna screw off somewhere else, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't like the move from his part, but I think from Milan's part, the only way it could have been better is if he had like one more year in his contract and they could have got some kind of money for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. also the fact that he looked the club's best player and biggest icon in the eye, Maldini, who yeah. is the director, and pretty much told them, "You don't give me a couple more mil, I'm out of here. I don't care what you've yeah. done for me. I need yeah. my bag." That's basically yeah. he's telling the club icon this to his face. It's incredible, man. Yeah, it's incredible, man. I don't know, man. It, it, especially because if you're like, if you're a goalie, man, like obviously goalies have a big impact on the game, but like I don't see Donnarumma as a goalie that's game, that's game breaking. You know what I mean, like bro. I, I hope he never wins a trophy in his career, bro. Straight up. What did he do to you, bro? Bro, that's that's scummy, bro. Think about how scummy. Yeah, it is. It like is. Your, it your is. It is club, bro. Bro. You're right. You couldn't do that, man. You couldn't think bro. of that. Like he's going to Juventus too. Like if, if that's official, like yeah, that's, that's bad, bad, man. Yeah, that's bad. Like, the only way it could be worse is if he went to Inter. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but and that is getting old. <laughs> yeah, but they have no money though, so I don't think yeah, I don't I think they'll go there. But man, like you guys reckon his most likely uh destination is uh Juve? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Easily, yeah. easily. Where else can he be? It's you one, heard it's one of those like written in the stars like type. Uh... There are it's some like, things, man. G- it's Gigi player goes to a greedy club. Yeah, Italian bro taking over Gigi. Greedy player goes to a greedy club, and that's a wrap, bro. Sad to see, but man, crazy. A uh, couple uh, final games for all the leagues. It all came down to the wire for a lot of teams, and it's. It was amazing to see, man. Uh, we finished off a, a good season of football with all these major teams, all these major clubs. Not uh, We didn't predict many of them. Like, I didn't predict Atletico Madrid winning, but it was great to see, man. At the end of the day, like, football is it's beautiful to, to have different, uh, different views or different uh, things that happen, things that don't happen in your favor. That's the beauty of football because at the end of the day, like, you love seeing something different. If it was if it was all the same, you wouldn't like it, right? But uh, the seasons are ending, but we have a lot of football coming this summer. Still, we have Euros, the Euros, Copa America. Copa oh, yeah. So a lot of football, a lot of content still coming up for you guys. Stay tuned. We still have the UCL finals, Chelsea versus Man City coming soon. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably be going live for that. So um, if you guys want to catch us. Make sure to follow us on all our social media. Um, but yeah, man, Euros is coming in, so we're gonna be keep on pumping you guys with this content, with all the love, and uh, let's keep it going, guys, man. Who are we? Smash the footy culture. Like
Yes, Hit that subscribe button. Rate the podcast five stars. Thanks, yeah. boys. We Animals. out. Ciao. Later.